I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. Episode of Ginger and Dutch here on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Excited about tonight's episode. We got uh, Dutch has uh, been up north. Uh, Dutch, are you with me? You still live from Huntsville there? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. It, uh, I, this doesn't get old. We're, we're talking about um, the good old Al Michaels. You get your first little spiel, uh, Big Ginger doing the uh, opening pod, and then uh, me jumping in. I'm here. I'm ready to go. We got a good, uh, we got a good show here. Yeah, we're um, going to finish off our, our NFL breakdown here, our eight-week breakdown of all the divisions in the NFL and uh, getting excited for the return of hopefully to camp on time. I know they've had some issues coming up over the last couple of days uh, regarding finances and health and safety with the uh, the COVID-19, but uh, we're excited to get back here hopefully at the end of the month, get some training camp going and, and hopefully get started on time with the NFL. Yep. And then we'll uh, we'll take a little break and we'll get into some NHL. They're back and and at camp now and and firing up their uh, their sports. So we're excited about that. And and as always on Ginger and Dutch, we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't talk about the PGA Tour. So we'll get into the PGA Tour big tournament this week. They're at Jack's place. So uh, for the second straight week at uh, Memorial. So let's do it. Awesome. All right. Let's uh, let's head into our uh, our breakdown and we're into uh, the wild wild west. The AFC West, the uh, the last division here, and we saved the best for last. The defending Super Bowl champions, five hundred million dollars just signed. Another ninety five million given away today to Chris Jones. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Denver Broncos, the Las Vegas Raiders. I had to uh, correct myself, and the <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers. So, um, Dutch, is it uh, you or me? I can't remember uh, who's starting this one off this week. It, it it is you and and I know you said save the best for last. That's only because uh, the Super Bowl champs are in there. Because I I just think the rest of the division is so far behind. The Chiefs has won what four in a row. They've won in the in the West, and of course uh, we all know where they ended up uh, last year. Even with the injuries to their superstar, there's just way too many weapons for anybody else to compete in this division. So, um, you know, the, the, their schedule is easy. I mean, they only have a little bit of danger um, with you know they've got Baltimore, the Saints. They get the Bucks. They get the bills. That's it. I, I, I the rest of their their schedule is easy. Their division, I think, is going to easy. I think they're going to sweep it. So why don't you start with um, where we always do, which is at the bottom of the barrel, and I'll uh, jump in uh, when I disagree because I think we're going to be uh, we'll be close, but I think we'll be a little bit different as far as their records. Yep. Awesome. So let's start off with uh, as we always do the 2019 uh, summary for our listeners here. In the uh, in the basement dweller, we had the. Uh, I believe it was still the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers last year playing at the yep. uh, StubHub Arena. They didn't have a single home game all year long, but they were five and eleven. Tough year. A um, little bit of a revolving door uh, on the offensive line. Tough year for Philip Rivers. Then we had the uh, Oakland Raiders at that point uh, playing the last game in the Coliseum, seven and nine. 
rallied for John Gruden, made the record look a little bit better than what it truly was. Then we had the upstart Broncos finish the year strong after a tough start. Vic Fangio, John Elway running the show, 7-9. and nine. And then we had the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, some early injuries in the season to Patrick Mahomes. The defense was a sieve for the first seven, eight weeks and then rallied, obviously, and they went on the uh, the Super Bowl winning run uh, with uh, Mahomes and, and crew. So um, great finish for them for the year. Let's hop into 2020 now, and uh, we'll start uh, from the bottom here. And I'm going to go at 6-10 and 10 in the bottom in 2020, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders. I just don't trust John Gruden. I think Mike Mayock um, fell into the old Al Davis trick, drafting speed and, and some of these sexy guys that I just don't know are going to pan out. Yeah, and I don't think they made enough uh, enough additions, enough big name. They made some some good veteran additions with um, you know Jason Witten and uh, Corey Littlejohn coming over from from Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Marcus Mariota as a backup quarterback or to compete with with David Carr didn't really lose a whole lot, but um, I just think that uh, they just they just haven't done enough. Not not a big not a lot of big name. Uh, difference makers coming over the draft. Okay. You draft Henry Ruggs out of, out of Alabama. Uh, you draft Arnett at Ohio state, but you know, Ruggs, he's a speed guy, but you know, I, you, you lost Cooper and you have never really replaced him. And I don't think Henry Ruggs is going to be able to do that. And yeah, you've got some nice pieces on, on offense to go with Derek Carr, but uh, defensively the secondary is real young. And um I just, other than Max Crosby rushing the passer, I don't see much happening in the front seven. The young secondary, I think they're going to get chewed up on uh, on defense by a couple of these squads in this division. And so, yeah, do you think do you think Mariota can even compete for the starting job? I mean, obviously that's why they brought him in there. I don't I don't see it happening, and uh, and I think you know we we've talked about this before. I think Gruden's you know I I think he's he's past the, the, the NFL right now. And I was big on when he came in um, to try it out again, but he's just hasn't been able to do anything. And they've just, they just don't have any pieces at all. That's going to put them into, to even a 500 team. I actually have them um, ahead of the chargers, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into when you throw your next one out, but it, it, all eyes are going to be on them. Listen, they got the new stadium. They've got four big primetime games that, you know, the key will be obviously where it's going to be no fans in the stands. So I, I just, they got a horrendous, horrendous schedule to start the season as well. You know, they, they're, they could be down to one and four coming out of the bye. They've got the saints, the Pats, the bills, the chiefs. Yeah. It, it's it, and then they get the bucks right after the bye. I mean, they, they could be down and out. I just can't see them winning more than I, I got the same. I have them at six and 10. I, I just there's there's just nothing to write home about. I mean, yeah, like you said, they didn't lose anybody crazy. Wet Carl Joseph, they lost, and they lost uh, Whitehead, and that's there was nothing else on the on the D side. I just I think Denver's improved. Um, the Chiefs to the Chiefs, so they're gonna have a tough time there. And uh, six and ten's kind of where I see that they're gonna end up fitting. There's just not enough there for us. Yeah, and, and I think. Mariota, if he can if he can pick up this Gruden playbook, we know um, the verbiage on on that playbook is is difficult at at times. Um, 
cars not too much to uh, to override. So I'm not going to totally count out Mariota from that side, but um, mm-hmm. either either quarterback behind the helm is not going to help this squad. It's just flat out not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Then I move up into um, the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to have uh, a much improved year. Not enough to, to squeak into a, a playoff spot in, in the AFC, but I, I got them coming in at an even 500 at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, You know, they've lost some pieces, no doubt. You are you are crazy, and I know they picked up some guys. You're crazy to think. Are you being a homer here because you like Tyrod Taylor when he used to play uh, in Buffalo? You can't tell me that they're going to be eight and eight with where they are. I, I got them at the bottom of the barrel. I got them at like four and twelve. I, I just th- th- there's tell me tell me why. What do you what makes you think they're going to be eight and eight? I think what what the Chargers uh, one of the most underrated parts of the this Chargers squad is the defense. This is a top 10 defense Dutch. Um, they've got all of the pieces on defense. They've got bookend pass rushers um, with Joey Bosa and Melvin, Melvin Ingram. Um, they picked up a bona fide top 10 corner and Chris Harris stole him within the division off of the Denver yep. Broncos. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Yep. And I think they've picked up Murray Jr. Linebacker out of Oklahoma which will help a little bit uh, in that front seven as well. And they're going to be able to keep them clean. And they're just going to be able to stay in football games with the defense. And you know what? The offense, okay, the the um, the offensive line is suspect, but they've still got Austin Eckler. They've still got Hunter Henry. They've still got Keenan Allen. They've still got Mike Williams. Um, they do have some pieces. And you know what? Tyrod Taylor's taken a team to the playoffs before two years ago he did it with the buffalo bills in in 2017 with the same sort of setup play good defense keep you in the game and tyrod taylor's not going to throw interceptions he's not going to fumble the football um he's not going to make turnovers he's not going to lose you football games and and they're going to let herbert sit for a year uh watch tyrod and i see them at eight and eight i i see no issue as to why um with with the Raiders playing the Raiders twice, okay, they've got, you know, a schedule that is tough at times, but I don't see why Tyrod Taylor can't bring this, you know, his squad and this defense yeah. to a 500 record. Yeah, and maybe I'm going to be way wrong on this one. I mean, I I still love Eckler, of course, and I just think Allen's got a ton of miles on him. I know he's I know he's still under 30, but um, and I'm not a, was never sold on uh, on Mike Williams. Um, losing Melvin Gordon. I know he didn't have a season at all last year. Um, did they not pick up um, Linval Joseph as well? Uh, they did pick up big old Linval Joseph in the middle, oh, right? So, they- so I, I'll retract a little bit as far as the, the, the defense goes. Maybe the defense can steal a game or two uh, with everybody that you had mentioned. And, and the fact that they, they are a solid. I just don't see a winning culture with you know, Rivers was around forever and they, they tried and they just hemmed and hawed and they were in those spots time in and time out, but they just couldn't seem to win the games. And I just can't see Tyrod Taylor doing that. I, you know what, he's, he's not a, I don't know if he's a bona fide starter in the league. And, and I think, um, you know, they should have went and, and looked elsewhere, which you and I also talked about earlier on, on, on a couple of key QBs that were available and they didn't, they decided to go with Taylor. I'm not sold on him. I got him at the bottom of the bottom of the shop. Yeah, and I think I think what you're what you maybe you may be missing here is a little bit of the history there, and, and I think everybody missed it. Um, you know, let's rewind back to 2016 and uh, Rex Ryan and the Buffalo Bills, and, and the offensive coordinator was who? 
it was Anthony Lynn, who is now the head coach of the Chargers. Yep. Um, he yep. he knows how to dial up plays for Tyrod. He knows Tyrod's strengths. He knows his weaknesses. Um, you know, the argument's going to be, okay, well, what did Tyrod do in the, with the Browns? Well, it's not always a fit when, you, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and it's not always a fit when you go to uh, go to another squad. Um, yeah. But uh, what I like is that Lynn knows Tyrod very well. And like you said, you, you got a defense there. I've been, I've been pounding the table all of these seven weeks, Dutch, about one thing, right? Who's rushing the passer? And can we have some coverage? You've got two, you've got two good corners um, in Hayward and, and Harris now on the outside. And you've got two bookend pass rushers. Uh, that's a top 10 defense to me. I, I, hands down, eyes closed, no doubt about it. And I think they're going to carry them to, uh, you know, a, an eight and eight record and they may surprise a couple teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I know where we're going next. So obviously we know that there's nowhere, uh, nowhere for the Broncos to, uh, to catch up to the chiefs. Um, I think we're close on it. I might have them a little bit lower. I just, I just think they they could be in trouble right out of the gate. The Broncos with uh, with how the season starts for them again. You know they've got they've got three tough games to start. They've got the Titans, Steelers, and Bucks coming right out. And uh, uh, as long as they can commit to the run, uh, you know what? With in the back, and, and and I think Drew Locke is is starting to look like a true starter. Um, and I think they can make some noise this year. It's always tough to go to mile high. We all know that they're they're They had a five and three, I believe record last year, and they were really not that good last year. No. And you know what? Quietly um, kudos to, to John Elway. I think he had uh, probably one of the top drafts here in the NFL. Uh, you look at what he, what he provided and he went all in with Drew Locke. Like he already had Cortland Sutton there. Um, an emerging Tim Patrick. You had Noah Fant um, at tight end. And what did you do? You went out in the first couple rounds and you grabbed Jerry Judy. I thought Judy was the most polished wide receiver coming out, the most pro ready. Um, Then you get KJ Hamler out of Penn State. And then in the sneaky later rounds, you grab, I'll call him the big O, big Albert O. Um, Drew Locke's tight end for the first two years out of Missouri uh, had 72 catches, and uh, with Locke at Missouri, a bunch of touchdowns there. So, you know, what's the quarterback's best friend? It's the tight end. And now you've got Fant, you've got Big Albert O coming out, um, and a huge pickup out of LSU at center to replace McGovern and Lloyd uh, Cushenberry. This is an instant plug-and-play starter on the offensive line. And yep. I think he, I think Elway had himself quietly one of the top drafts in, in the NFL. And once again, they've got – what you're looking for. Okay. It's going to be on lock to, to make that step, but you still got a great defense there. You still got Bradley Chubb. You still got Vaughn Miller. Um, you still got well, their Justin. defense. Yeah. Their defense, no doubt is, 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 is what got them to even win any games last year. I mean, and their, their, their home record and, and how, how they controlled it right under 20 points per game, right? They were one of 10 teams to average under 20 points, right, for against the season. It was a totally – they've built it, and I still think that they have a, a, a top four D. They're going to make the next step. Uh, are they going to be playoffs? I don't know. I think we're going to argue on that. I, I think that – I think they're going to be nine and seven kind of at best. Uh, as I said, it's a tough start for them to, to get out, out of the gate. It is a tough start. It is a tough start. I got them, I got them making that step, and I got them um, in the playoffs. I got them at 10 and six. I was impressed with Locke to end the season last year. And I just, 
love the pieces that he's got around him. Um, you know, it just reminds me so much of a, of a, the Buffalo Bills and the Josh Allen situation where, you know, you just just get the ball in the hands of, of Gordon and Lindsay and Sutton and Patrick and Judy and Hamler. And the list goes on. Like, it's just, you know, get the ball out of your hands and don't mess it up and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then ending off the division and obviously uh, the cream of the crop, I still have them as the best in this division and actually the best in the AFC. Still, the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't see how. Yes. Especially uh, on the defensive side and especially at the corner spot in Crabtree, or sorry, Claiborne and uh, Fuller. But Mm -hmm. um, you've still got six, seven million dollars to make a move. There's still some decent corners out there. Uh, you still got Denard. You still got a, like a Logan Ryan floating out there on free agency still that you could easily grab for, for that amount of money to replace one of those guys. And um, yeah, I love the the pickup in Edwards Alaire out of LSU in the last pick of the first round. Um, you secure some, some depth um, out of TCU with Lucas uh, Maying at tackle. But, uh, you, you know, you've got bookend tackles already. And you got one of the best tackles and right tackles in Mitchell Swartz already uh, plugged into that lineup. Don't see how the the Chiefs are going to go anywhere but the top this year. No, we and exactly, and we're not going to disagree on that for sure. I have them at thirteen and three, and offense offense is the name of the game. Their their key positions are so dominant in Kelsey and Hill and Watkins and Damon Williams, and they, they their drafting was amazing this year. They've got two young studs that are going to probably pop in right away. There, there's no no unless Mahomes goes down and they even prove that they can hang on without him there. They won a couple big games last year, right when their defense started to turn around. Um, they beat that the, the Vikings. I think it was in week. Well, it was I think it was the second week when Mahomes went down and and they from there they just kind of ran the course and said, well, we're we're good enough with these uh, with all these pieces, and they're only going to get better. This this is their window. They're going to have a three or four year window here with Mahomes that uh, they can do some serious damage. And I got them winning. Well, we'll get to our final uh, our final picks in a minute, but they're definitely winning the division and they're coming out of the AFC for sure. Awesome. So Dutch, uh, what, what a, what a fun ride that was over the eight week period there. Um, you know, it's something that we always talk about on a year to year basis, but uh, you know, with this podcast, we actually had the ability now to, to put it down on paper and, and hold ourselves accountable for it. So I've got yep. our little uh, Excel sheet made up with where our picks are at and our listeners and, and each other can hold ourselves uh, accountable for what, uh, what we put on this podcast. So that'll be fun. Yep. And I know we'll get made fun of because we'll be off on a couple of them. We'll be bang on a few. So we want to do a quick recap of, uh, of who we think is going to make the playoffs. And then we'll fire in a, you know, a Super Bowl prediction and then kind of go from there. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll let you start off. You uh, go with your NFC um, Dutch to start us off your four division, uh, your four division winners. And then who you got in the, uh, the five, six, seven spot. And then, like you said, give us who you got coming out of the NFC uh, in general. Sounds good. Sounds good. So obviously uh, we'll start in the West here. I got the 49ers winning, uh, winning that division and I got them as the number one overall seed. And you know, I'm high on uh, Brady and the Bucks, So I've got them as the two seed win in the South and uh, in the North, you, you know, I'm going to stick to my Homer pick and, and I got the Vikings uh, taking the Packers down. They're going to be the three seed and I got the Cowboys in the fourth seed sneaking past the Eagles. And then we go Saints five, Packers six, 
And then the sneak in, Arizona Cardinals in seven. And I have the 49ers going back to the dance. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I can't, uh, you know, that's a, there's a couple hot takes in my mind there. We're going to argue, obviously, like we did over, uh, you know, the Bucks and uh, and your Vikings and the Cardinals. But, you know, overall, I'm fairly similar to that. I got the 49ers at one, Saints at two, Packers at three. We know how we felt about uh, with the Packers there, and, and I had Dalvin Cook holding out. Mm-hmm. We argued a little bit on the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yes. I had the Eagles winning that division. I don't think any any of those teams in the NFC East are good enough to play playoff football, but uh, we got to let one of them in. Yep. Then I had my two upstart, um, you know, return teams in the Falcons and the Rams at five and six, and I had uh, the Bucks just having enough of that veteran uh, presence to get into the playoffs, but uh, not lasting long. They would be eliminated by the Saints, and I had the Saints going all the way to the uh, the Super Bowl. Everybody just likes the Saints over and over again, and they just never seem to do it. And I know Breeze's years are numbered. Maybe you're right. I just don't see them having enough. Even with the talent that they have around there, they just haven't been able to prove it with with the talent they have, and they haven't been able to make that step. And I I know I made a shot way back back when, but they got to beat the Vikings at some point in the playoffs. Uh, It's been a while since they have. So Um, I like it. I like it. AFC. We already talked about it just now. Chiefs, number one. You can't go wrong with the Ravens at number two. Um, we got the big, big Buffalo Bills going to finally win that division and going to be the three seed. And I got the Titans winning the AFC South at four. And sticking in the AFC South, we're going to have the Colts as the five seed. My Cleveland Browns, I made a bold pick. Cleveland Browns Ooh. at six. Going to sneak into the playoffs finally. And then back to the South, three teams coming out of the South. I got the seventh seed, the Texans, a little bit of a fallback like we talked about. And they're going to squeak in just over top of the Broncos. First time in a long time. I think we got a rematch on our hands there, Ginger. I think it's going to be the Chiefs. I think it's going to be the 49ers. And I still think the Chiefs are going to take it down and they're going to be back-to-back champs. Yeah, and, and you know, this is where we were uh, one mind alike here. Um, three out of our first top four are the exact same. I had the Colts over the Titans in in the South. I had the South, you know, not be not bringing three teams out. I only had them bringing two. I had them bringing the Colts and the Texans out and the Titans missing. And I sub in the Broncos uh, for those Titans in your spot there at, at, the, uh, at the five spot for me playing the Buffalo Bills in the first round of the playoffs. And my beloved Bills winning – finally winning a, a playoff football game first time in 20 plus years. And then yes. I had the, uh, in that big uh, week 17 matchup, I had the Steelers winning that matchup and um, sneaking in over the Browns, kind of a win and in and the old Browns have heartache once again, and just don't quite get over the hump with the Steelers. And then uh, I had a, something close, but in the uh, AFC championship game, it was, the Chiefs and the Ravens, and I had uh, Mr. Jackson. I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson, but mm-hmm. uh, the Ravens making it all the way versus the Saints in the Super Bowl for Ginger in our NFL playoff pitcher breakdown here on Ginger and Dutch. Well, let's see how it works out. It, uh, I'm glad we've got different picks in the Super Bowl. We've got some similar across the way, and uh, we're going to compare at the end of the season. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how much fun we had, and we'll see uh, who who took down the uh, the inaugural 
official pick them for the NFL. Awesome. Well, Dutch, um, I think it's, I think it's your turn. I think it's uh, let's get, let's go to break. Uh, I heard you've got some, uh, some friends up there at the cottage live from Huntsville. You're going to give us a little live uh, audio advertisement for the ginger and Dutch podcast. So we're going to send it off the break. Make sure all of our listeners are following all of our social media on Ginger and Dutch One across the board, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and check out our live weekly challenge, uh, Ginger and Dutch. Make it to the soccer field for a little penalty kick action uh, coming up soon. Dutchy, send us to break. Oh, it's been a good time up in Huntsville. <laughs> Wait till you just hear this. It's just been sheer domination. I don't know what, what I can say. We'll see you on the flip side, guys. This is a great life sitting at the fire. So what's next, guys? I was the champ at washers, beanbag toss, horseshoe, beer pong, even Yahtzee. Uh, Dutch, you're such a front runner. You're so full of yourself. Have another beer. Uncle Dutch, I'll be your partner anytime. Once again, Dutch wins the cottage games again. Full roar. I want a rematch. Absolutely. Me too. Anyways, live from Huntsville. You're listening to the Ginger and Dutch podcast. All right, listeners, welcome back from uh, from that break. That was sure interesting. Dutch sounds like you're having a good time up there at the cottage with all that domination of the uh, the cottage games going on. You okay up there? Yeah, we're we're doing great. We uh, we got a couple more tonight. Uh, I, I wish I could have showed you my uh, my tee shot off the logs, but. I was uh, dressed inappropriate, so I, it's too bad I can't put that on for our listeners. But, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. And uh, what can I say? I've been lucky the, uh, so far these last uh, two nights here. Amazing. Had some good weather up there and enjoying yourself. It's good Good to hear. Yeah. Um, wanted to uh, touch on next week. we got a fantastic special guest again next week, Toronto Raptors. Um, long time with the Raptors. Storied history. So uh, we're excited about that NBA Toronto Raptors special guest next week. So make sure you're tuning in. Um, that's another big land for us. Congrats on Dutchy on getting that one done. So I'm sure you're excited as well, Dutch. Oh, absolutely. And I can't wait to talk NBA and, and Raptors chances. And, you know, let's, uh, let's see if, uh, let's see if they can make it to uh, make a run here. I know we, we're not going to talk about all this, the, the behind the scenes stuff that's going on. That's right in everybody's face for the past three four months now here um but it's gonna be fun and i can't wait to talk to him and he loves his golf too i can't wait to talk to him about uh tiger's return and uh to see how how tiger ends up with uh which is what we're really going to talk about next uh which is you know uh last uh, last week uh at mirfield and and we got the memorial coming up this week tiger's back yeah perfect little segue there dutch and uh we're excited about that next week but let's get into the the pga tour like you said um good week last week uh exciting finish uh, what a golf tournament it would have been uh, if there was able to be fans there. Uh, you know, JT sinking that 50-foot bomb, Morikawa matching them, and a uh, phenomenal finish to that tournament. And we expect more of the same this week. Yeah, these these guys are so good. And you know what? I will have to say this, though. You know what? Actually, hold on. Before I say this, you know what? Let's Can I just throw a little Dutch's dog in? I know we were talking golf, so I just have to throw a little Dutch's dog in here. I think it's time for a little Dutch's dog. You know where you are? You're in the dog pound, baby. 
with the Dutchman. Dutch's dogs. This is definitely not PGA Tour, but this happened about, I think it was about 10 days ago, and I meant to do it last week when we got to talking and just totally missed it, but... (laughs) Ho Sung Choi from the Korean Tour. Tell me that you actually missed a tee shot on the 18th hole in the final round. You whiffed on a tee shot. You are on a professional tour. I'd love to see him. If anybody hasn't seen it before, you got to go to YouTube and you got to watch his golf swing. It is just wacky and he's got reasons for it, but come on, man. Really? You missed a tee shot. You are a, a complete dog. Now, he did shoot 12 under, so it's not so bad, but that's my Dutch's dog for the week. I haven't done it for a while. I had to throw that out there. Swing, bada, 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 swing and a miss. <laughs> it was terrible. But anyways, back to the memorial. Um, or I said last week, listen, those guys are so, so, so good. My thing, though, Ging, is, is we're seeing something totally different now. You know, no fans equals better golf no matter what way you look at it. And I know the announcers tried to make a, a total different light when, you know, JT struggled the last uh, couple of days to get started. Oh, he didn't have the raw, raw. He didn't have the, the, the fans cheering him on. Give me a break. You can't tell me you haven't stood on a tee on a tee on the first hole and, and not had nerves. No, Ginger. No. Yeah. You, you always have a little bit of uh, excitement going out there. Right, um, so they have a little bit of nerves to start their game off, so don't tell me it's because there's no crowd. I think it's the complete opposite. The cuts have been averaged almost three strokes better since uh, since the COVID tour started back up here with no fans. They're so used to the cameras being behind them that that doesn't face them. It's more of the, you know, the crowds when they get roaring and there's stuff going on and way more distractions. Clearly, these, these guys are ramping it up. And this week, will be a big test because now it's flipping to the memorial. Same course, but did you hear what Jack wants to do? Oh, Jack's 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 going to uh, protect this golf course. He, uh, you know, he was not probably happy last week, um, you know, serving his milkshakes and doing his thing, but he would have not liked to see that number posted on the board uh, winning that golf tournament. He's going to have the greens jacked up. I think the rumor was he wanted them at 13 or 14. Is that right, Dutch? That's exactly what I heard. 14 on the on the meter. That's unreal. Like that, you might as well just roll it down the highway 401 because <laughs> although 401's got too many potholes, but you know what I mean? Like it's going to be just marble. I don't I don't even I wouldn't even know where to start on a 14 stint golf course. Well, you should probably head to your bathtub because that would probably be the first start that you would uh, go because those greens will be slippery. They've got a lot of slope. Yeah. Um but you know what, Dutch? It, do you not just think that these guys are that good? Like, is it not back to what you started with, with your first statement that these guys are just that good, no matter the crowd, no matter what it may be that, that I think if the crowds were there, I, th- I still think they'd be shooting these scores. Um, they'd be finding more golf balls. I know they've been playing a lot of golf courses uh, since we've come back that, that are uh, susceptible to not losing a lot of golf balls. You know, you, know, right. you don't have your, your whistling straights or your, you know, St. Andrews with a, with a foot and a half of hay where the, you know, where you can find an unplayable or gorse or anything like that. They've been playing these traditional style courses where, you know, losing balls is a little bit tougher, but you know, you can still rifle one into the trees and that the crowd finds it for you. Um, you know, get those crowd advantages with, 
you know, tramp down rough, all those types of things. I just think that these guys are flat out that good. I think they've yeah. gotten better um, along the way here. And I, but how I, you, crowds, but how crowds you, but, or not, but, I think these scores would still be posted. Okay, but how do you flip a switch? Like uh, we know how we know they're unbelievable, but how do you flip a switch? And I can't wait to talk about this next week too, just to see on Tigers return. And, and I want to ask the same question to our guests. You don't just all of a sudden over 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 a, a span when they go um, and they get blacked out for whatever it was for I don't know eight weeks or whatever the timing was, and all of a sudden they come back and they're just that much better. Like to me, I think that I really do. I think the crowd. I, th- I think it's it's a it's a two three shot almost every day. If you go back and look at the scores at all those golf courses, and I I don't claim to say that I went back because I could be wrong on on the act- actual numbers, but there's they're, they're lower it's guaranteed they're lower i mean when was the last time somebody shot 21 under at uh at Muirfield? no i know but but it, it's the tricks of the trade right like i think the pj tour i think this is what they want i think it's a they feel that a birdie fest is going to be the most watched thing they're the the only show in town right now i know the mls has just started to come back a little bit here so um but i don't think that's going to make a dent in the pj tour because golf is is that popular right now and um, I think it's those little tricks of the trades. The golf courses are set up just that little bit easier. Um, and these guys are dialed in. They've been practicing. Uh, don't kid yourself. They've been playing at home. We know how yeah. it is in the U.S. They've been allowed out. So it's not like yeah. it was up here where, you know, the golf courses were closed and shut down. They they were all operating down in, in the south there, right? So these guys have been playing. Yeah. So what do you think you're – you know, do you think it's an advantage to, to play so good this last week and then jump into the same golf course? Like, I'm going to tell you who my three picks are this week because I don't think that the same guys like JT and Morikawa, I don't think they're – don't get me wrong, they're still going to be around the mix, but uh, Morikawa especially, you know what, with all the press that he's going to get from winning again his second uh, second event and what, I think it's 24 starts. But I think uh, I think you're going to see the big guns. We're starting to see the big guns anyways. We, we talked about this last week with Bryson winning. But I got DJ. I'm, I think DJ's going to come out uh, guns blazing. I think, uh, I know we said this name a couple times, but I think Patrick Cantley's going to have a, have a good run. And um, this guy had an awesome weekend just this past weekend in uh, Xander Shoffley, I think he's starting to find his game. Those are my three picks this week. Do you think that JT can do it all over again? You think that Morikawa can, or what, what's your thoughts on that? No, I had the same, I same thought as you Dutch. And, and for our okay. listeners out there, I know um, Dutch and I are, are big golf fans and, and uh, one of our listeners reached out and uh, DJ Dutch is referring to Dustin Johnson there. I know some of our, our listeners, Dutch, uh, you know, wanted the, the, you know, to dumb it down for us, us on the golf talk. Uh, you know, we, we find ourselves using first names and, and nicknames a lot of the time because we are so connected to the tour and we're always sure. talking about it, but um, yeah, I'm bang on with you there, Dutch. I don't see these boys. I think um, two weeks in a row, it's a tough go on the same golf course. That's, you know, eight tournament rounds. Um, that's tough to keep going. I kind of yep. looked uh, this week. I, I had a, a decent week, better than my first uh, few picks. Um, you know, some of my boys showed the form a little too early, but I had, I was bang on with you there with Shoffley. I actually had Shoffley on my pick. I had John, uh, John Rom, who had a good final round and a good couple solid, uh, a solid weekend. And then I had, uh, Joaquin Nyman, a good final round. He was in the top 30. So I went, kind of went off the, uh, off the board a little bit, but, uh, I wanted to pick a bone a little bit with the PGA tour. Give us Canadian fans what we want, Dutch. 
We got Nick Taylor and Corey Connors going out on Thursday and Friday. They're teeing off Thursday afternoon, uh, late in the afternoon, shortly before 2 o'clock. And you've got Adam Hadwin in the group behind him. Thumbs down to the PGA Tour. Give us what we want. Throw three Canadians in one group. You can't tell me that you're not making the groups when you got Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, and Brooks Kepka in one group. And then I called it uh, the Young Guns group with Morikawa, Bryson, and Cantley. Give us, give us the Canadians. Throw us a bone there. Put Taylor, put Connors, put Hadwin in. We've got four time, four Canadians in the top 100 for the first time in history. Canadian golf's never been stronger. We got tons of guys coming up the slate, and the PGA Tour. I'm giving them a thumbs down on that one. I'm not happy about that at all, Dutch. That should have been my Dutch's dog. I couldn't agree more. I was looking at the the featured matchups, and then when I looked down and saw the same thing, I'm like, Are you kidding me? But the the problem is, Ginger's is. We could have all three Canadians in there. They're just not going to show them anyways. No, I know, but it, you know, it's wouldn't it be cool to follow along? Um, you know, you got all three yeah, in one yeah. group. You can you can set it up on your your uh, your PGA Tour app. You can get onto the website. You're following all three. They're all playing together. Um, you know, throw those guys a bone. They want to all play together. Um, sure on, they on a cool tournament like that. You're at Jack's place. Cue up the chocolate milkshake and and get those three Canadians out there. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well said. Awesome. Well, Dutch, let's let's finish it off with a little NHL. I know some of our listeners were were begging us to get a little NHL talk on, and and you know not a lot's been happening, but all of a sudden, bam! Over the last two weeks, uh, the NHL's kind of hit us in the face. They've been quietly doing their thing. They've got a new CBA um, ratified and agreed to. Um, but let's take a look at their bracket. Me and you are big bracket guys. March Madness fans love to break down brackets. You actually. Uh, made fun of my chicken scratch bracket I had uh, last week there when I was sending you over our picks for the NFL. But um, yep. so what do you, what do you see? Let's, let's start with the East there. Do you see, um, you know, anybody other than the big guns making any sort of run here? Like, you know, can the Leafs do anything or a Carolina, a, a, a older Pittsburgh squad? Um, you know, what, what were your thoughts on the East? Yeah. I don't see much changing from the top there. It's so strong and it's so top heavy. Um, the Leafs, yeah, I think the Leafs are going to get by Columbus in the play-in round, right? It's a little best of five. I think that's going to happen. You, you may, you just may see a, an upset if uh, if Price gets hot with the Canadians. Um, I doesn't really matter to me with the Hurricanes Rangers uh, series or the Islanders Panthers because I know the Islanders. You know they had you know they they had a pretty decent year going in, but. It doesn't really matter. I think whoever gets to that next stage in that round robin, I think your, your top three. I think your Bruins, Lightning, Capitals. One of those three teams is going to uh, make their way down, and they're going to represent themselves in the East. There's just not, there's just not enough. Even with a shortened, uh, a shortened setup in the East, I don't see any changes. What, what about you? Yeah, the only team you touched on briefly there that I could see really, you know, causing a disturbance is the Islanders. Uh, they just play that tough style hockey that that just never goes away and and they're just such a good skating team that they can skate with anybody they play that tough style um so they can do a little bit of both they got that perfect skill uh amount of skill leveling and grit that you're uh you know that us canadians are looking for and that would be the only team that i kind of had circled i i montreal just doesn't have enough especially if domi's uh decides not to play here uh yeah pittsburgh's got nine guys sitting out right now due to uh you know a second level COVID scare, but I just think they're, they're just too old. I think they've, they've had their run yeah. maybe a Carolina, but I give the Leafs no shot. I agree. They'll get by Columbus, but I give them no shot at all. And I'm on, I'm on your page there with, uh, with the big. 
Yeah, and 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 because it's going to be such a short, compacted uh, run here with the tournament, it's going to be. I know you said toughness with the others and that, but I, the toughness. It's they haven't battered themselves for this full eighty-two game season. They've been off for so long, and it's going to look a little ugly out there, and it may be a little bit slower. But the young, fast speed is going to be the difference, and that's why I think you could see, uh, you know, a lightning. Uh, I know Stamkos got himself injured again. I, I think he'll be ready for when it when it comes comes back to uh, starting here. But I think the Lightning are going to be uh, the team to, to the team to beat in the East. And you know, I, I want to jump right down into the the West because I, I I think the Oilers got a real good chance to to do some damage. They they've they've got that speed. There was what we were just talking about. They've got the speed. They got the youth. I know goaltending uh, wins you all championships. But if there's a team that's going to come and make a big scare in the West, I think you got the Oilers there. I think they're they're a big team that could do that. Um, and, and I think the Flames, uh, you know, the Flames could be a team that could also, um, after they get out of that first round, I think that they could uh, they could make some damage there and knock out one of those top two. Oh, teams. I love it, Dutch going all all Canadian there, all Canadian, eh? <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to go that way, but I it, it just I see it that way. I really do. I I, I think. I think the Blues and the Avalanche with their little round robin, I think they're going to come there. I, I just don't see the Stars uh, a good enough team to, to to take any any damage. I know they've got, you know, they're going to be probably, well, they're all going to be healthy, but there could be the team that I'm maybe overlooking as far as because they've got a ton of speed as well. I think the, shot, the Stars are going to shine bright on Nathan McKinnon. Quietly, he's been uh, becoming a star in the NHL. Um, you look at all these teams, these 12 teams in the uh, in this uh, bracket, and, you know, it's, a, it's an open bracket in the West. It, it truly is. Um, yeah. But I just think the Colorado Avalanche, uh, I think it's I think it's their time. I, I just got to, you know, I'm not I'm not going on a whole lot. It's just a little gut feeling that I got. I'll be honest with our listeners. But um, I just see, like you said, with a little bit of youth, a little bit of speed. Um, they're just quietly there under the radar and they were having a great season. And I think they're going to continue that going. And, and, uh, I think they're going to make a deep, deep run. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if they're there at the end of this. Well, I think we should go back to this, uh, in a couple of weeks. I know next week we're going to get into, to NBA preview. Um, and we're going to do it all in one shot. It'll be mainly an NBA show next week. And I think the following week, that puts us almost a week away before everything gets rolling. We're going to get a better idea of, uh, I hate saying the word, but the COVID plan, um, who's not playing. And let's maybe get a little bit more in depth on, on the teams and, and let's break down the bracket for the NHL so that we can give our uh, listeners um, just something for them to chirp at us about on exactly where we think uh, each team's going to go, who's going to play who, and and uh, let's get a little deeper. Awesome. I love it. I love it, Dutch. Let's uh, definitely get into that in a couple of weeks. And, like I said, uh, we're jacked up for our guests next week. And as we always do, I'll leave the ending floor. Dutch, uh, any closing thoughts on this week's episode? No, you stole the show uh, as usual. You know, you dialed it in for uh, for the AFC West. Couldn't top you today. Great show. Time to go win another game of horseshoes up in Huntsville. So signing off for the Ginger and Dutch podcast, make sure you're following us on all our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our Ginger and Dutch weekly challenge. 
live from Huntsville, the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Enjoy, folks, and enjoy the beautiful weather and the summer of 2020. Stay tuned next week for a little sneak preview of our special guest, Toronto Raptors, NBA basketball, nothing better. I never thought of myself as a, you know, as a pioneer or a trailblazer or anything. But as I reflect back and, and have had some longevity and I talk to people, it was a situation where people can look and say, hey, that guy looks like me. That's something that I could do too. And I'm glad that in a small way, maybe I could inspire some people or, you know, give them hope that that's something that they could uh, aspire towards. Ginger, and I'm Dutch.